From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome into this Wednesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio here this morning. Ole Miss baseball knocking off UNA 20-3 last night. Seven-inning game against the Lions. Uh, went much better than it did a couple years ago for the Kids' Day game. They uh, play Kentucky this weekend. Didn't Friday. overlook North Alabama this did time. Did not buddy. overlook North Alabama. No, sir. Locked the hill in. It was in. the Brian uh, Rippey game. Yes. That was a Brian Rippey game. Yes. <laughs> Uh, 20 to 3. So, uh, they headed to Kentucky this weekend. Mike was pretty interesting last night. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. It's because Rippy wasn't there to ask That's true. ridiculous questions. Uh, Congress taking on the NCAA. Congress can't agree on anything, but they can't agree the NCAA sucks, like most people. So, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Probably opening the show with it here in a, uh, in a few minutes. The uh, United States can qualify for the World Cup tonight. They will qualify for the World Cup tonight unless they lose by like six goals. Uh, NFL's changed overtime rules, those things, and more coming up on uh, on today's show. So it's kind of a uh, a setup there, a little bit of table of contents for you. Also, a good bit of football content. Uh, had press conference stuff yesterday. Um, knew had a notebook story on Wayne Kiffin with the transfer portal. Um, also some stats about the portal guys this morning on RebelGrove.com as well. So a good bit there. Go check it out. Plenty of topics on the message board. We love all of you. Ribblegrove.com. Uh podcast every single day, Oxford Exxon. They're on Highway Six West in Oxford. You know, we're still trying to give you ten bucks. We do that by uh you downloading the Exxon Mobile out or app or just taking a picture of the QR code right there at the pump. Thousand bonus points. That equals ten dollars, including the pump. You're filling up at the uh at the time with all blue sky locations in Mississippi, up and down I fifty five and throughout North Mississippi as well. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are. Um, Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi. 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes and business hours. Right to the bottom line. No hassle, no haggle. You get your quote. The rest completely up to you. You can shop that quote around, of course. Or you can do what I've done. What I recommend that you do, and that's hop into a Clark Ford. You'll love the product. You'll love the service. Uh, it's service that goes above and beyond anything I've ever experienced with cars. And uh, they'll take care of you there at Clark Ford, 662-257-1900. Guest, join on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Uh, Rafters on the Square in Oxford, great place to um, go have a burger, a po' boy, an appetizer, great beer selection, full bar, and more there at Rafters on the Square in Oxford and also Rafters in New Albany. So speaking of Amory and Oxford and New Albany, where the hell are all the Weather Channel people today? What, what where, where are they? Yeah, we were, I was just about to say that. I see it in our stream that uh, Reed Timmer, American meteorologist, Discovery Channel fame, I think Storm Chasers was his uh, his show, somewhere in Mississippi today. Um, not sure exactly. I'd like where. to know where precisely. Yeah, you'd like it to be a little ways away. I mean, nothing right. against the people in Brookhaven or Macomb or something, but Macomb's four hours away. That sounds like yeah, that's, that's I mean, that's, let's. I mean, let's all be honest here. We watch these things and go, just don't don't hit me. School letting out early today here locally. So, yeah, if you're in North Mississippi or especially the Oxford area, it looks like we're getting hammered at some point today by the weather. So be be aware, be vigilant of uh Well, when you watch the 24-hour radar thing uh-huh. and it's that bright red, it's like the reddest of reds. Mm-hmm. That's 
that's when you're like, ah, oh, shit. Straight line winds like 80 miles an hour and stuff like that. That's that's not that's not fun. And I hate when they put the word tornado in the forecast. I it just it was a little rattle this morning, so we'll it's we'll, funny, we'll, man. We'll get through it. When we lived on the coast, hurricanes didn't rattle me. You knew they were coming. You kind of had a build up. You knew when to go get the boards and put them out. Board up your windows. There's a method to it. It was you knew of... when to send everybody away. Well, because they don't pop up in five minutes. No, you had days to prepare, and you knew it was coming, and it was going to hit you. You didn't know how hard. You knew you probably just needed to get prepared, yeah. and maybe you get lucky, and maybe you get lucky, but you went and got water, and you made sure you had you had um, charcoal for the big green egg, and you sent everybody away, and you made sure the dogs were taken care of. <clears throat> You kind of knew that there might even be a little bit of of an after party. You know what I mean? Like some of the guys in the neighborhood would get together and pour some bourbon and light the grills. And and that happened. But with tornadoes, who knows? You just don't know. And they, out of nowhere, and then the damn things are just, can be vicious, obviously. Yeah, I've said this. I'm, I'm better since 2011 when the one that ran through Tuscaloosa and Smithville and all that stuff came through. But... If anything, I don't respect them enough. I mean, I drive people insane because I, I just, I, I know you it, it does them. not affect me. Like I just, I'm, I'm moving on with my day. Like, You're like hanging out on your phone, re- I know. reading about stuff, and I'm like, dude, there's, we're, we're like right in the middle of <laughs> Torcom Nine or whatever, I'm just hanging out, whatever. <laughs> uh, I know. I mean, it, it's not a good habit. I mean, I'm, I'm like the very last person that ever like plans for it or goes into. Shelter situations or anything else. I just well the one that it we, means I've never been in one though. That, that, that's the honest yeah. answer is I've never actually experienced it to the point that I would be more vigilant. Well, the one that went through our neighborhood was that two thousand nine, eight, ten. We hadn't been here long at all. Yeah, that's right. Because Carson was a little little guy, and people are like, oh, those were straight line winds. Well, whatever the hell they were, champ. I don't want to be in that again. I remember that. Yeah, it was scary. It was probably 10. Yeah. It was probably 10. I tried to stay up for it because I watched. It was Pelicans, Lakers. And you're in a little bit of a lane here. For some reason, I, this side of town right here has. Quarter. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I went to bed, kind of laid there after that game was over. It was a playoff game, so it had to be April. And I just remember hearing that sound. We had everybody down in the room. The girls were still little, and they had been prepared. I'm like, look, if I shake you awake, move. Move. You don't have time to be groggy or whatever. Move. And they did, to their credit. And I got them into the bathroom, and then I went running back to get Carson. And as I picked him up on the floor, Mm -hmm. the window next to Laura's side of the bed shattered. Oh, no, really? Yeah, and it was just like, oh, my God. That thing, and it was gone. It went quick, but it was enough. It made that whooshing sound, and it did damage in our neighborhood. I mean, it—I remember like the blue tarps on the roofs, yeah, and all that, yeah. all, all all that stuff. Picked up trampolines and threw them through the air and stuff like that. And that's where you'll get some problems. Is the the, the projectile yeah, the stuff, stuff flying through the air? That's why you want to get in an interior room away from windows and such. Because I remember that. Even obviously, it wasn't tornadoes, but even when Katrina, the aftermath came through up here, and we got all the rain. Like I remember all 
people had left like their lawn and furniture and their garbage cans and stuff out and they were just flying through the air and hitting buildings and stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, I've told this story. I'll be quick. What I remember about Katrina was I stayed in Spanish fort because it was the year after Ivan, which did damage in Baldwin County in, in lower Alabama. Um, but I remember just watching because there were those, you know, those pine trees in, in Baldwin County near, mm-hmm. and they weren't literally bent at a 90 degree angle, but it was close. And I thought, instead of 80, 90, 100 mile an hour winds. And I thought, man, if this is just the right side of it, what's, what's it like in New Orleans and on the Mississippi coast? And then we lost power. And the power didn't come back until about I don't know, one in the morning, maybe a little before that. And when it came back, it was you turned the TV on. It was like, oh, it was bad. For some reason I assume y'all probably lost power longer than that. I don't know. I don't know say why I thought that, but I did. So anyway, stay safe today. I think I'm not really sure what time it's. It's coming through like mid afternoon, right? Is that kind of projected? Yeah, that's what they're talking about. Is mid to late afternoon. Okay, so you got some time again here locally. Schools letting out around lunch and just after, depending on where and what and what grade your kids in and that kind of thing. So uh, be uh, be aware of that as well. Um, so we'll start here. Big story uh, potentially. I, I I say big story potentially. Ross Dellinger with all the details. Sports Illustrated is there's a bipartisan bill in Congress that it basically is trying to overhaul the NCAA infractions process. I haven't re- studied it enough. It's probably a conversation for tomorrow on the likelihood of this going through and, con- and Congress really pushing a private organization to this level, um, which would be kind of fascinating to me, frankly. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not even necessarily skeptical. I just kind of saw it and went, hmm, what steps are left to really actually get here? Because it's... It is bold in its approach. I will, I will, I will give it that. Um, the senators, Marsha Blackburn from, from Tennessee, Republican, mm-hmm. Cory Booker, Democrat from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So again, everybody hates everybody hates the NCAA. Uh, they're calling it the NCAA Accountability Act of 2021, essentially establishing trick, strict requirements of the infractions process, overhauling the operation by involving the Department of Justice and the U.S. Attorney General. Um, came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. In some ways, we got a lot going on. This is what we're focusing on, but <laughs> well, I, I, I wasn't going to say. I, it. I mean, just just saying. But I was, okay. think, I was thinking it, <laughs> but I was I was reminding myself. You know, everyone thinks you're radical. Just leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, like when that when the walls are caving in, we're going. We're doing the proclamation honoring that guy. Like, I'm like okay, like awesome. Like, <laughs> I mean, it just feels somewhat trivial today. But yeah. anyway, go ahead. Yeah, it's fine. So anyway, here's the, 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 the Cliff Notes version of it. The bill requires NCAA inquiries to be completed within eight months of a school receiving a notice that an investigation has opened. Eight months. As I had a buddy tell me yesterday, they can't even get an investigator assigned in eight months right now. That is a, and to the NCAA's credit, that is a very short time frame when they are understaffed. I'm not even necessarily, I'm just saying logistically, yeah, we, that's a hard number. We don't hold anything to that. We standard. don't hold a a prosecution, a, a district attorney, the FBI, the CIA. And now this is the, not as important as those. Things. The IRS. No, it's not. But, but no one's held to that standard. 
But they are trying to go, hey, quit taking five years, sure. as Ole Miss fans are aware of. Sure, of course. So there has to be, I mean, look, whatever the number ends up being if this passes is going to be somewhat arbitrary, but there has to be a number put on it or else nothing gets done. Okay, I haven't read Ross's piece yet, and I'm mad at myself because I'm a big Ross Dellinger fan. I, I, Ross is a terrific writer. On top of being a great reporter, he's actually one of the few that can do both because there's a lot of people that are great reporters yeah, sure. that can't write at all. Yeah, sure. And their their work just bogs. Um, he's he's not he's not. And there's a lot of guys who can write, who can't report. Sure, yeah. He can do both. He's he's really good. I said I'm mad at myself that I haven't read this, but I'm, my initial hot take is: Are they just trying to end the NCAA? Well, yeah, that is the ultimate. Because if you put all these restrictions in place, there it, it's impossible. Because they have no subpoena power. No. They have no ability to compel people to talk. Um, no. Moving quickly at the intercollegiate level is difficult because of all the political correctness and the committees and the all the stuff. I'm not making fun, I'm just being honest. It just, you know, nothing just gets done mm-hmm. in college athletics. Sure. Everything has to go through a subcommittee and then to a committee and then to a vote and then to another committee and then to, an, you know, I mean, everything takes forever and you have to make sure that you have representation on those committees and those committees have to get together and somebody gets sick and it pushes it back two weeks and it's, it's on. It's not, it, it, it's not everyone under one roof. Hey, let's get Thursday, one o'clock. We're going to knock this out. Yeah, sure. And so this kind of feels like. People saying, hey, maybe you guys as an organization have outlived yourself. Yeah, it's a way to basically knock them out without saying we're knocking them out. We're just going to legislate them into oblivion. Yeah, and again, I haven't read Ross's piece, and so I'm... I'm, But that's that's one of the big ones. It also says, and this is is huge. This would have been huge for Ole Miss. Again, if this were to come to fruition. The NCAA cannot investigate violations that were alleged to have happened more than two years before the notice of investigation was sent to a school. Ooh. The current restriction is four years, so it cuts that in half from four to two. That's pretty big. That's that's that cuts a time frame. LSU's going. Please, God. Yeah. Um. Although again, New Jersey and Tennessee, you know, Louisiana senators writing this uh this here bill. Uh, the bill would prohibit the NCAA from using quote confidential sources as evidence for a decision. Okay. I'm good with that. I'm, f- I'm cool. With I, that. I do think the confidential source is dumb when we're talking about the NCAA here. Like that, that, that has to go. Well, you know, if you're accused of a crime, um, I don't know. So and so over there, we can't tell you who it is, but they said you did it. No, so you're, you, you have the right to face your accuser. I think that should happen with the NCAA. I don't think there should be confidential stuff. Part of Ole Miss's stuff was, conf- even though the yeah. names got out, yeah, it was confidential. You know, and the whole immunity thing and the whole process has always needed to be completely revamped, overhauled, thrown out. And frankly, with NIL and stuff today, and I mean, we're gonna get to Lane Kiffin later, but Lane Kiffin said it's professional sports now. He did. And he's right. And so if it's professional sports, at some point you kind of throw the rule book out, don't you? Make a rule book for professional sports. That's yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean the NFL has rules, but you can do kind of whatever you want from this standpoint. So, uh, and then a school can appeal punishments by using a three arbiter panel, which is different than the NCAA's current appeals committee. Smaller, easier, quicker to navigate. 
more streamlining. I mean, that's sure. not a huge deal, but sure. it is whatever it is. It also requires a ton of oversight from an NCAA back to the uh, the government, as the NCAA would be required to submit an annual report of investigations to the U.S. Attorney General and each state's Attorney General, while also charging the Department of Justice to ensure the governing body of college sports follows the bill's statutes. Violations will be dealt with severely. The bill authorizes the Department of Justice to fine the NCAA as much as $15 million and to order the removal of any member of the NCAA's Board of Governors with a violation. Hmm. Again, all of the rules in general, because the NCAA has far outweighed and outlived its power, which I understand, and I'm I'm really for that. I just, as Neil said, it's killing it by not killing it because that's these these are not logistically feasible. No, and then two, while it's a cop out, the NCAA is always used because, frankly, they have a, it, it's almost 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 kind of an antitrust issue. It's a monopoly. Mm-hmm. All of the schools are members of the NCAA voluntarily, and it's a private organization. Mm -hmm. Congress stepping into that level on a private organization made up of its own members is... I don't like that. It's bothering me as I'm reading this. Yes. I understand understand why it makes sense pragmatically, but from a precedent standpoint, it kind of bugs me. So where does this go? So it's a proposal. This gets voted on in Congress. How does this work? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it would get, get... put up and whenever whenever that happens, I mean, I don't know how fast Congress moves or doesn't move, but yes. Um, it also then, does says, it have to then go through has to go through does it have to go back through the House and then through the Senate and then how does that that what? is the that is my interpretation from okay. I mean if somebody if I'm wrong feel free to correct me but that is that is obviously the way. I need to read the article I'd... um Blackburn obviously has talked a lot about Memphis and stuff and that's kind of her. Yeah. reasoning behind some of this. Um, they're just picking on Penny. Her quote said, the NCAA was a well-established history of backroom deliberations that produce unfair punishments for athletes, coaches, and universities. With the emergence of new name, image, and likeness rules, it's more important than ever to address the <laughs> systematic failures that have eroded league fairness. The NCAA Accountability Act will establish much-needed due process and shine a light on unfair treatment from NCAA leadership. Speaking of Memphis, they're one of five remaining unresolved cases, four stemming from the 2017 FBI investigation of corruption in the sport, Kansas, Louisville, Arizona, LSU. And then notice of allegations have been delivered in all four cases. Hearings have been set for Kansas and Louisville for uh, for this spring. Yeah, look, I'm completely against <clears throat> those schools being able to slip. Get away with it because of this rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. come on. The, you, you laundered money through a children's hospital. Before there was NIL. You got caught. Federally got caught. You should pay. Yes. Institutionally, yeah. you, you should pay. You can't get this removed because of a new bill that comes out right before your date. I mean, come on. Now, that being said, I do hate the concept of <clears throat> kids who are at LSU in 2023 yeah. paying the price for something that happened when they were eight years old. That... That is what no matter well, no matter what your thoughts on LSU are, that that should bother you. They didn't do it. They were eight years old when it happened. The coaching staff that's there didn't do it. I don't. I don't. Well, I mean, Ole Miss's twenty nineteen season was impacted by things that happened in twenty twelve. Yes. Yes. Seven years. It was ridiculous. The kids were ten years old. It was ridiculous. The freshmen. Yes. It was totally insane. 
the Ole Miss case, the way it was handled, all of it was ridiculous. The immunity, the the off the record sourcing, the all that stuff, the green stuff, and frankly, you know, I've I've long said this. I mean the the way to end a lot of that stuff is to make it transparent. Mm-hmm. Put the put the hearing on t- TV. Get some ratings. Put it on TV. Let people see it. Leo Lewis was a grown man. He was. Dan Mullen, all those people put them on television. Let them watch the hearing. You do that with trials. That's true. Why are we protecting? We do it with trials. You can go yeah. to watch a trial. Make it open to the public. If you don't put it on TV, make it open to the public. Let it be open to reporters to go in there and report what happens in these hearings. Why not? Why do we treat it like it's subterfuge? We well, don't do, do that. We do that with so many NCAA things. I don't. I mean, why? What's the, what's the point? Who are the whole? Well, we must protect the student. We're athlete. hiding behind fallacies. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, we, we have to protect the student athlete. We don't. I mean, we, we don't. We don't do that in any anything else. It's insane. It's never made sense. But to your point, that's the NCAA, which is made up. You, they all sit around and pass these rules. They all are voluntarily in it. They're all. Super, no, they have no choice. Uh, no, but you could speak up. Yeah. Yeah, they're not kicking you out. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm I'm going to pick on Ross here. Ross, I can't wait to tell our story. Well, then tell it aggressively. What's going to happen? Well, what's going to happen is I'm going to get kind of get blackballed professionally. Okay, say that because what he was trying to say was, well, they're going to harm us worse. Well, no, hold on. You said everything's fair, so how are they harming yeah, you worse? You're saying that you you you're you you advo- can't speak or they'll punish you harder. You're advocating for the process, and yet at the same time, you're saying the process is not fair. Yeah. So which is it? I mean, it is crazy, right, that Will Wade has lost his job. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Miller paid a price. Yes. Bill Self didn't. No. Got a lifetime, literally a lifetime contract with the clause that said, even if the NCAA comes down with uh, level ones, you're cool. Mm-hmm. He's good. I mean, that's not a lot of uniformity there. But I don't know that Congress can step in. and The NCAA is undermanned. They don't have subpoena power. They can't do a lot of the things that I suspect when if, if Congress were to dive deep into how the NCAA truly conducts an investigation, they would say, oh, this is beyond repair. And the Justice Department's going to get involved in NCAA investigations? I don't know, that feels, frankly, that feels like governmental overreach. The way to fix it is to fix it from within. It's for people inside college athletics to look at it and say, this is a flawed system and we have to change it. That's not happening. It hasn't happened. Because it takes courage. Yeah, no, the NCAA has been able to absolutely operate however the hell it wanted to. Make up our own rules, change them. Oh, come on. We all know the answer to this. It's look at where we are today, and it's to go, hey, the Power Five need to pull away and have their own organization. But if you do that, it, it there is going to be a punishment for smaller schools. Yeah. Because the, system the system's crazy. And it puts some schools in weird spots. I mean, it is yeah, what it is. But, sure. You know, Gonzaga in basketball. Yeah. What do we do? I don't know. I mean, you can't have a top 
league without Gonzaga in it in basketball. I mean, you could. Okay, but but yeah, no, makes no sense. I know what you mean. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna let Penn State in, but Gonzaga can't get in. Well, okay, awesome. Like, how you doing? Again, because of some dude in 1932. I mean. Pretty sure Alfred Hume was Ole Miss's, by the way. Looking into that. Yeah, they should be the fighting Humes. <laughs> <laughs> Could solve that a long time ago. Yeah. Oh, podcast brought to you in part by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Soto County, and Chattanooga. All underwriting and processing is done in Memphis. They're getting local underwriting and understands your market. Leader in condo financing, the float down option, and more. You can find Jason at 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. NBA playoffs aren't far away. The uh, Final Four is Saturday in New Orleans. The uh, Major League Baseball season gets started a week from tomorrow. You can bet on all of those things at brothrow.com. Stop paying the juice. Bet with your friends at Brothrow. Dead Soxy as uh, best socks you'll ever put on your feet. It's getting warmer out there. The no-shows are terrific. They're a game-changer for me. You can get those and all the other great uh, items at Dead Soxy. Using uh, the promo code Rebel Grove, you get 25% off at deadsoxy.com. Game Changer patches are the only two-patch system available in the market to stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch used before or while you drink. The overtime patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. Uh, the all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game, ready for the next place. Go to GameChangerPatch.com, promo code RebelGrove20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. ACS owned and operated out of Baldwin, Mississippi. It's a complete electrical control system solution provider and a Rockwell automation recognized system integrator. They've got a full-time dedicated emergency service and troubleshooting staff and a UL 508A panel shop. They can custom tailor software packages, custom design electrical control panel solutions, and much more. It's a full-service AutoCAD services provider and a full-service fiber optic cabling solution provider. Go to acsllcms.com for more, or you can call 662-601-4381. We're also brought to you by Lamons Fine Jewelry. Lamons 1126 North Lamar Boulevard in Oxford. It's the place to go. Uh, in Oxford, if you're looking for wedding rings, fine jewelry, watches, pearls, children's jewelry, collectibles, and so much more, it's the gold standard in fine jewelry. Visit them at LamonsFineJewelry.com or call them at 662-234-2777. We'll have hand-raised guys later in the week. That's brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating, different names, same great products and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, or the surrounding area, call Comer at 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, or the surrounding area, call Southern at 662-429-4429. And we're brought to you by the College Corner. It's one-stop Rebel Shop, two locations in the Jackson area. You can also go to collegecornerstore.com. Plus, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. They have the largest selection of Rebel gear in central Mississippi. Podcast also brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They're on South Lamar in Oxford. They deliver locally in the Oxford area. and They also are available with Tyson Drugs on the Square in Holly Springs. With MedSync, they fill your prescriptions the same day each month and take care of you with one trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, and you have what you need when you need it with Tyson Drugs. Also with Rightway Meds, they will individually package your medication for those who need that extra step. So again, South Lamar in Oxford, 662 662- Two three six two 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 two. So, Ole Miss baseball last night knocking off UNA twenty two three, including a nine run fourth inning that was um, something. Wanted it over. I was very happy when 
UNA decided, finally decided to catch pop ups and throw balls to second base and and that kind of thing. It got a little got a little got a little hairy there for a minute. Uh, Ole Miss hits five home runs last night, won by five different people. Um, I don't know, UNA's bad, really really bad. Six and seventeen, bad. How they beat Ole Miss a few years ago is still defying logic because this is the team for UNA that actually has been in D1 now for a few years. That one was not at yeah. the time. That was a transitional team. It's baseball. <laughs> <laughs> they don't – look, they don't play well in kids' day games. I don't really know why, but they always have a hard time in kids' day games. So if you want to throw a little cheddar on Murray State here in a couple of weeks, I mean, feel, feel free. Just, just, you know, play some odds a little bit on one of those plus 600 kind of deals. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah. Everything's closing. I'm like getting robo alerts now from like even doctors' offices and stuff. Yeah. Everything's closing today. Um. Mike was interesting after the game last night. Uh. I. I, I expected. I mean, let's be honest. I thought he'd be a little frustrated still from the weekend. Little. You know, just dealing with the whole thing. I mean, nobody's going to get healthy off a 20-3 win over UNA. That was completely irrelevant to the season. So sure. nobody was going to do it because of that. But he was in good mood. Um, he had shaved last night. First time he shaved since at least prior to the 2020 season. Some people who just have no... First time he shaved at all? Well, first time taken, taken a, the beard a off. A razor. Yeah, okay, sure. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. First time he's gone clean shaven since at least prior to the 2020 season. Okay. Maybe before that, too, but I know I remember it at least through through then. Um, if you're a baseball person, you kind of get it. You get your ass kicked for a weekend. You do something different. Because um, mm-hmm. I could tell he was in a pretty good mood, so I could just, we were kind of getting done. I said, you weren't shaved Sunday, were you? No. When did you shave? He goes, when do you think? Fair enough. And uh, I said, why? And he goes, you really got to ask why? I was like, no, I don't guess I do, do I? And he goes, no. He goes, not much came good out of that, but I will say that was one positive. It seemed like a good time to go ahead and take the take the beard off. Um, But he was pretty introspective. I don't necessarily need to read the whole quote. It's at rebelgrub.com. It's on social media. I asked him about the rotation for the weekend. <clears throat> and some people read it as him going on a diatribe, but he was actually just trying to give a very thoughtful answer. Uh, he was, like I said, he was fine. He was in a good mood. Um, they don't know what to do. Is the short answer of it is they're not really sure. It's against how they typically coach. Ole Miss very, very, very rarely has had this level of issue with starting pitching, where he admitted last night they're averaging less than four innings per start on the weekends. They can't find anybody to get through the order a second time. It's as bad as any rotation may be outside of 2011, and frankly, Matt Krause would be the Friday night starter on this team. So it's it's, it's not good right now. Um, he said they're willing to do anything they can do. He, he, he had a meeting with his coaching staff and then with all the pitchers yesterday, basically telling them that he's not necessarily saying they're going to use an opener, but that he's having to come to terms with the fact that they're probably just going to start a guy, see if he can get through three innings, see if he get through the order one time, and then – he said, frankly, we're going to have to game plan it better. We're going to have to be better at figuring out situations for our guys, get them out of there quickly, get them on some leashes, hand the next guy the ball, and just hope you figure it out. And he said, right now, it's almost going to be a game-by-game thing. He said, there's going to be some TBAs this weekend. The rotation will be different. He did not tell who. He said he would like to at least tell people who's going to start on Friday night because he feels like that's important. But beyond that, he has no idea what they're going to do from a, from a TBA standpoint. Do they have enough arms to do this? To mix and match over the course of a weekend, weekend after weekend? Well, they have no choice. I mean... Well, I know that, but uh, do they have enough arms to do it? 
mean, in a perfect world, I can take a puzzle and put it together and find 27 outs three times. But you're going to rely on a couple of guys throwing multiple times on a weekend, for sure. That's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah, I mean, have, you're, you're going to have, you're gonna have to have a rubber arm or two. Do they have those? couple. Now, here's the thing. And it's why the Friday night thing is so fascinating to me. Because what he's basically saying is we got to find a way to win the first night. And we got to find some zeros because it's a pile on itself deal. I was talking to actually Brian about this yesterday. Is look, the offense has not been very good. The rotation has not been very good. But the offense also feels the pressure from the rotation sucking. Because sure. what, some of the confidence that comes with a Friday night starter that you know is going to go out there and shove is that he's going to give you a bunch of zeros and you're going to have time to figure it out. If even if it takes a time to the order, cool. Doug's got us. Gunner's got us. We're all right. It's it, it's cool. The when this news, is happening, there's stress on the offense immediately. Knowing yeah. God, they might give up three. They see it. They feel it. And now we're pressing immediately. And we can't calm the hell down. The good news is, other than Tennessee, everybody's got this problem. There's not, and there's there's some. And look, some of the teams are starting to figure it out, right? I mean, there's they're getting Florida's getting better on Friday nights with their pitching. Um, Arkansas is getting better on Friday nights with their pitching, but none of them have dominant arms. Vanderbilt's probably going to figure it out. They've got so many options. Sure. But there's a lot of a lot of teams out there that Friday night's iffy. It's, it's iffy. It's hit and miss. And Saturday and Sunday are just coin flips. We're just Yeah, sure. I mean, almost across the board, yeah. the exception of Tennessee. Nobody really has any answers on Sunday. Um Arkansas's kind of figuring one out with Wiggins a little bit. Sure. Uh and then again, Vanderbilt's got so many arms that they'll probably get it figured out. South Carolina's pitched pretty well on on Sunday. But yeah, I mean, for the most part, this is the right year to have this problem because you're you got a lot of company in the boat. I would love to know and I don't. I'm going to ask around a little bit today if the charting was a clue last night. Um on the weekend, the next day starting pitcher charts the pitches and sits next to Mike during games. So I mean, you know, in a normal year, Gaddis throws on Friday, Diamonds, whatever. Right. I don't know how midweek translates. It might just be somebody who knows what he's doing and takes it. But Brandon Johnson sat by Mike all night last night and charted. Um, he's the closer, obviously. He's also Ole Miss's best arm right now. Okay, so just, let's let's take him. Just best pitcher. He is their best pitcher right now. So let's say he pitches three innings on Friday night. And I think he can extend past that. He might be the one guy that could actually give you five. But if he okay, here's my question though. Sure. If he once you get him past three or four. Do you go, okay, well, we're going to let him go till he can't go anymore because he's done for the weekend? Could he come back on Sunday if he went three he innings? Give you one, yeah, no, he could come back on Sunday for sure if he only gave you three. Yes. Okay. He he is one of your few bounce-back guys. And okay. Now, you have a couple who are not at all. I mean, they throw once and go ahead and put a pin in it for the weekend. Sure. But, no, he, he's got a bit of a rubber arm. He can come back. So he'd make sense to give you a Friday start. Yeah, but if you went five or six out of him, he's done for the week. Yeah, that's it. I mean, just a start because I sure. mean he's going to throw a lot of pitches. I mean he's a high strikeout guy. Right. He's whatever. I mean he's going to six innings. He's going to throw ninety pitches. Yeah, at least. Well, I mean at this point, if you could get six six innings, innings would be weight and gold right now. I mean at this point, if he could give you six innings, he should be your Friday night starter. Seriously. Yeah. So like my point is, if you want to meet, if you want to just again roulette will maybe that meant something. Maybe. I mean, I, I don't, you know, because here's the deal. If it didn't mean anything, then why is he even doing it? Like, why does why does Mike need the closer to chart? Like, just go grab somebody who's not going to pitch. Just have somebody write it down. Um, so I think that's possible. I think they'll probably announce it tomorrow is my is my guess. 
and then what do you do with a lot of freshmen? You got several freshmen who have big arms. I mean, you, I'm I'm almost wondering if you just take the best arms and throw them out there and see what the hell happens. Well, you have nothing to lose, and just see where it goes. That's what I would do. Got to figure it out because the end of the game is important. Don't get me wrong, but Brandon Johnson's throwing too many innings that don't freaking matter. Right. I mean, so far they've either blown teams out, and you don't need a closer, or you're getting blown out. I mean, he's who are the guys that you think on that roster against an SEC opponent have a realistic shot to get you into the sixth inning? Oh, in one start, yeah. On that roster, which guys have a realistic shot against an average SEC team to get you into the sixth or through five? Brandon Doherty, if he's on. haven't seen it out of the freshman. They haven't extended them, so I'm not willing to go there. Okay. I, I mean, that might be it. Now, I'm, I'm, I believe in Riley Maddox to some extent, mm-hmm. but I don't know if he's a second time to the older guy or not yet. We don't know. He's a freshman. Hunter Elliott's going to be a weekend starter before he leaves Ole Miss. There's no doubt about that. Is it today? I don't so know. What you we can seen do it. is if you have three or four guys that you think could get you through the order one time, you put them in a, like almost a pod yeah. and go, hey, you're this pod's throwing on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, I think that's almost the thing here is you almost look at it and you go, hey, we got to get through the order like 12 times on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So figure out how the hell we're getting through it 12 times. I mean, it's 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 kind of money ball in a way. Sure. I mean, I was kind of listening to him last night and sort of chuckling to myself. It's almost like the, the hey, he just gets on base thing. Or, hey, you know, what do we like about him? Well, he can get a six outs. Well, six what outs. What about, no, 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 he can get six outs. Six that, that's out. what I like about him is six, six outs. Six outs is two innings. Yeah, it's two and so you, if he's part of a pod, he, you're counting on him giving you two, and maybe another guy can give you two, and then you think another guy could give you three, and then another guy could finish it. That's a pod. Yeah, I mean, the the team that's probably done this the best over the years, the 2013 Mississippi State team, once they got hot, they had no Friday night starter at all, and they sort of used an opener. They almost kind of gave away some series openers occasionally to back in and kind of stack. The, it was a – it was a really damn good coaching job by John Cohen's what it was. Uh, it was, and it was one that I think he would probably tell you. Lucky as hell. He'd have a hard time recreating Yeah, it. no. And he, had a, and he had an All-American closer who could go long. Right. They don't have that. I mean. And they also hit. Yeah. That was Hunter Renfro and those guys. Yeah. So, hey, look, it's it's not good. It's 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 not good. And here's the thing, too. And here's but the league's not good this year. I'm telling you, the league is the league is stunningly average. I thought this that year. we didn't know the names. I'm beginning to believe 2020 has hurt development. The lack of a 2020 conference season has hurt arms across the across the conference. Yeah, I mean the country too, but whatever. Sure, that's relevant. Is yeah, I think the lack of 2020 is not necessarily going. Hey, well, I just don't know who that dude for South Carolina is. No, he missed 12 starts because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. 12 high-pressure starts that sure. now are really hard to emulate. He's only had one season. Everybody's basically a damn sophomore or under right now. Sure. And I think that has created a, a weaker I, SEC. I mean, I said this on Monday, and I'm not about to sit here and pretend that I'm an SEC baseball expert, and I'm also going to freely admit that this is a really short sample size. But I've, I've watched the league for a long time, and i covered the league for a long time in baseball. So it's not like it's some foreign sport to me. What struck me the first two weekends, and it might change. The cream could rise, et cetera, et cetera. I told you there were some teams that you could see them putting some stuff together. And if you told me that two or three of those teams in three or four weeks looked completely different and much better than they do today, I'd buy it. 
But through the first two weekends, the word that struck me about the SEC outside of Tennessee is average. A lot of average teams. Yeah, Vandy's not as good as the elite Vandy's. No. They're good. And now, you know, send the thing. Several teams have just lost their Friday night starter, and that changes so much. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, if you gave Arkansas Paulette, for example, and let them throw the kid on Friday, on Saturday, and the left, yeah, they, yeah. They, they'd be different. And, I they're, mean, and they're five and one. Well, and the, the bottom half of the league would be tons better. I mean, Landon Sims isn't hurt. Connor sure. Prelip is pitching for sure. Alabama as a junior. Sure. I mean, LSU are, has injuries. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's. Sure. That's a huge part of it. And Tennessee gets Tidwell back. What's, but that's what strikes me, though, is outside of Tennessee, are you willing to say any any of the other 13 teams, oh, yeah, that that's an Omaha team? To me, the answer so far is no. No, they're all flawed to where there are three or four teams you tell me, hey, they're in Omaha. I go, yeah, sure. Sure. And if you tell me, hey, they had a rough time in a regional. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Vanderbilt included. If you told me Vanderbilt didn't get out of a regional based on what I've seen, I go, yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Now, I'd bet on them to get out of a regional. Like they, they, they were the best team in the country outside of Tennessee before that Carolina series. So this week's interesting. They play yeah. Tennessee. Sure. Hell of a weekend coming up. Sure. Balls and doors. Um, I think it's in Nashville. I'm not sure. But that sounds right. Jackson, thank you for the super chat. He says, Chase, if you could, who would be your weekend rotation? Also, when Kevin gets back and Calvin stays hot, someone goes to the bench. Who is it? Uh, yeah, I'll get to that in a second. Um. Johnson, uh, I think I still start Derek one more time. I, I thought he was good enough the other day. Um, well, if you're doing pod stuff, he could be the leader of a pod because he he he's one of your best guys getting through the first time. Frankly, so if he could give you three in a pod, that makes sense. And I, I want to say Doherty, but some of my problem with doing that off the top of my head, which I would I would actually need some numbers that I don't have is that I think with Johnson going to the rotation, Doherty might become your closer. Because I don't really want to put one of these freshmen on the back end of these games. Right Could he now. close the game on Friday and then turn around and close the game on Saturday? Maybe Sunday. I don't think he okay. could do back-to-back. Um, but I, I that, that's my problem with just going straight, these are the three dudes, is I don't want to – look, you've got to get to the back end for it to matter. But at the same time, I don't want to leave my back end completely – wide open with freshmen that are whatever. And I mean, that just doesn't, man. I mean, it's obvious, but you're trying to put together a a strategy that lets you win Friday and then sort of figure it out, take your chances on Saturday and something. Yeah. You're, you're, you're throwing every bullet you got on Friday and seeing where you trying to, up. trying to steal. You got to also manage score. If you see a blowout and you're behind, get the hell out of there. Yeah. Quit. Abandon. Wave yeah. the flag. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the dude at the end of the bench. Feel free. Go for it. Yeah, here's you got to get nine out because there's no difference in losing fifteen to two and margin losing, of run does not matter. And losing three to two, it just doesn't matter. No. So we'll talk about Calvin in a second. But we did. I'll tell you about Northeast Spark S P A R C Ignite that package 100 Mbps with the blaze the one gig your hometown team bringing you world class broadband in eSpark.com. 662-238-3159. Phone service available. Portal controls, network security, a wireless mesh extender for those who need the extra step. And more. So call the office for details. Get the best internet in Lafayette County. Again, that's nespark.com or 662-238-3159. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle. They're based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states. They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and so much more. 
At Pinnacle, they sit down with you and come up with a comprehensive retirement plan that's built just on your needs and your uh, your financial situation. It's not a box that's uh, built for everyone else. It's a box built just for you. It's mypinwealth.com, M-Y-P-I-N-N wealth.com. Also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. He's part of Virtuoso. It's a worldwide network of travel partners that allows John to supply his clients with added values, unique benefits, simply not available to other travelers. Just get in touch with him. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He will give you options that uh, you're not going to find on your own and options that are going to make your special trip one that creates a lifetime of unique memories. 901-494-3387 or J. Edwards at Regency travel.net we're also brought to you by opa oxford's newest restaurant on the square euros wraps kebabs fresh redfish lamb chops handcrafted cocktails frozen libations an amazing candlelit patio all of that at 306 south lamar just south of the square courthouse in oxford and we're brought to you by grenada nissan if you're in the market for a nissan vehicle grenada nissan's the place to go they've got a complete selection of new and previously owned nissan vehicles great lease deals as well it's grenada nissan USA.com. I'll have a mailbag up a little later, this, probably this morning, actually, but certainly today. It's brought to you by Whitney McNutt, Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes. You can reach her at 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. We're also brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency, Told you the other day about if you're looking for a job, but what if you're looking um, to, to hire quality, hard to find talent? Service specialists can help you there as well. Keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that service specialist sends. You have nothing to lose, so give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662 832 5138 or check out their new and improved website at servicespecialistltd.com. Podcast is brought to you by Johnson Hill Creamery. Easter is almost here. That means their carrot cake is back. It is available for pre-order now. Pickup available April 14th through 16th. A full Easter menu will be up later this week. You'll see that on the site at johnsonhillcreamery.com or on their Instagram page. That's Johnson Hill Creamery on Instagram. They make all their cheeses locally in-house here in Oxford, just off Molly Bar on White Oak Lane, artisanal cheese, charcuterie, bakery, catering, and much more. johnsonhillcreamery.com. 662-419-9201. Yeah, I focused on Calvin Harris last night for because again the play by play of a twenty to three win was irrelevant. He is back. He missed nineteen days with the midsection strain and just picked up right where he left off. He was three for four last night. He was a triple shot of the cycle. Home run double and single, obviously, for uh, that. The first pitch he saw he hit over the wall. He's hitting 572 on the season. I asked Mike about it. He said that his swing was really good for hitting left-handers and right-handers. Um, his splits are good, but he's only had eight at-bats against left-handed pitching this year, and he only had like 16 the full season last year, so we just haven't really seen it to this point. But it felt like he's going to be in the order this weekend against no matter who is on the other side, just judging by what Mike said. Uh, Kevin Graham goes back to the doctor next week. That's still only four weeks. I just don't see it. I think we're looking at six. Uh, so it's going to be a minute. As as Jackson said, where does Calvin go? Look, the most likely option is you DH him. You do some sort of two out of three at DH and corner outfield with Leatherwood, Alderman, and Harris and figure out what that looks like each game. Harris, is, I mean, frankly, deserves to play every day. He's 
today he's the best hitter on the team. He's been the most consistent, and that's since the start of the season outside of missing that time. And it was impressive last night because a dude has barely swung in three weeks, and they come back in, even though it was bad pitching and just still raking. I mean, whatever. The other thought, and this has created issues on our message board already, kind of lively conversation. I'm, I'm really not even saying you're you're arguing. Is Calvin? He was a top ten catcher out of high school. It's not like he's chopped liver behind the plate. He was a top one hundred prospect. I mean, he can play. If Dunhurst struggles, throw him back there for a game. There's no guarantee. I mean, there's no reason to just guarantee that Dunhurst plays every game behind the plate because frankly, Hayden's not playing overly well right now. He's Really good defensively still. He obviously has, you know, when he's on, he's the best catcher and thrower in the country. Um, but he's already got more errors this year than last year. He hit the big home run on on Sunday, but the the bat has not been great so far this season. It, that, that's an option. I'm not like – I think there shouldn't just be this guarantee that you do this one thing on the weekend. I mean, throw Calvin back there on a Saturday or Sunday. It's not going to hurt you behind the plate. He's going to be fine. And maybe that gives you a chance on a day where you go, no, we're going to score a bunch of runs. Let's put our best nine out there and see what happens. I think that makes sense. So, Because Calvin, you don't get this a lot out of catchers. He's a little bit of a Swiss Army knife because he can play first base, he can play corner outfield on both sides, and he can catch. So you you have a lot of options to move him around. You're talking about between those four spots and DH, that's five different spots in the order you can put Calvin Harris in. So that doesn't have to look the same every day, you, but you, you have to play him. Until he cools off, It it's a – I mean, it, it, it would be an indictment on anybody putting a lineup out that did not have Calvin Harris in it right now, given their, their situation. No. Can't sit your best hitter. It's not prudent. Just got to figure it out. And I, and I wrote this on the board, and it's not – this is not the Ben Van Cleve debate that I know everybody has a whatever about. But I do – there is something that I'm a little critical of I wish Mike would do differently is I hate – I get it in some semblance if these guys don't ever hit, but obviously Van Cleve gets a lot of at bats. I mean, our message board talks about it every time. Um, and he really hasn't been that bad. He's been fine. But anyway, talk about a senior in a 20 to 3 game, he doesn't need those extra at bats. Give those to a freshman. Mm-hmm. Hit Taiwan Malone. Give mm-hmm. Malone, and Malone did get in a bat last night, but give him the extra at bats. Absolutely. I hate the upperclassman who plays a good bid who doesn't start getting mop-up at bats and blowouts. That is doing nothing for your program. There's no de- – I mean, again, nothing against him. There's no development with Ben Van Cleve at this point. Well, there's also – you want to reward young players that aren't playing because I'm assuming they're coming out to practice and they're working and they're putting in their swings and all those things. You, you, you want to promote that. There's also a ton of roster turnover after this year. I mean, next year out of the regulars, just off – I mean, I'm probably forgetting somebody, but off the top of my head, it's possible – it's Harris and um, Gonzalez. Chatney technically is draft eligible. McCants is draft eligible. I mean, there's it's a lot. I mean, you only got like three or four dudes back out of your out of your nine that that mostly plays. You need a lot of at bats for Banks, Tolly, and Hudson Sapp, and again, maybe maybe Ty Ty. I mean, those kind of guys. John Kramer hits a home run last night. We'll see more of him. I mean, I don't I don't know, but. Yeah, dudes who are actually getting some at bats, there's no reason for them to be hitting in a twenty to three game in the eighth inning if they're older. It just it it, it kind of defies logic to me a little bit. Um, no, and frankly, you don't want them out running bases and stuff. If somebody pulls a hamstring or turns an ankle. Or... I asked uh, about Tim Samay, the freshman infielder, last night. He's not played all season. 
he's had a uh, an ankle sprain that is just not getting better. It's it's he's really had a hard time getting over getting over it. I'm assuming it's a high ankle sprain because that would be the only thing that kind of made sense there. Mike said they're really really close to figuring out if they're just shutting him down for the season at this point and and calling it a day or not, but that he he is not able to play. Several people have asked me about that, and that's uh, that is that. I know a lot of people were also worked up about the game time of it games not being on the lineup graphic. I asked for you guys last night. The what? You know, when they put the lineup out, there's a lot of frustration that they don't just put the start time of the game on the lineup card. That's become like an internet thing. So I told him I would ask. I asked last night. Um, <laughs> whether that gets done, I don't know. But <laughs> They can't find was... it somewhere else? I mean, it's kind of, it's everywhere. You can find I'm it. Not, well, can... that was the response is, hey, we send out a thing the morning of every game day that has all that stuff on it, yeah. including the links. I'm like, I, it's more than fair. Don't shoot the messenger. It's I'm more just, than fair. Just doing my job, okay? I mean, come on. I'm the middleman. I'm the conduit. I'm just asking the question. The game's at 2.30 on CBS. Every game. 11.20, JP. JP. <laughs> what we're doing. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, that's that. That's how you get Calvin in the game. Um, otherwise, you take nothing from that last night. You, you're thankful that UNA was at least throwing sort of close to 90 miles an hour and you weren't having to deal with one of those 65 miles an hour deals, but... Not a good baseball team. Uh, a couple of people I asked, uh, State beat Memphis last night. They played at AutoZone Park. So somebody's able to actually get that done. Um, Memphis was up like 3 nothing early, but they, they, they rolled them pretty good after that. I forget the uh, the score. So there's a there's Congratulations a, to Mississippi State. Big win. Sure. <laughs> sounds, sounds good. Uh, I don't know. Uh, elsewhere around the league, speaking of Kentucky, Ole Miss headed to Lexington. They lose to uh, Eastern Kentucky six to three last night. Colonels getting one in Lexington. Bad news for the uh, bad news for the Rebels because Kentucky obviously overlooking. overlooking. They were looking ahead. Looking they were getting ahead. ready for Ole Miss last night. <laughs> uh, Florida knocks off Florida State in Jacksonville last night. Uh-huh. Um, is that the Suns? Are they still the Suns? Or are they something else? I don't know. Okay, it, whatever. J- whatever Jacksonville's minor leagues team is, they were there last night. The Blue Hose knocked off South Carolina last night. Presbyterian 9, oh. South Carolina 6 in Columbia. South Carolina fat and happy after that win over Vanderbilt. Yeah, I think they're kind of – I think Presbyterian's always kind of a pain in South Carolina's ass for some reason. Like, I feel like that's always one that we go, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Alabama knocks off South Alabama 5-4. State won 10-4. Jacksonville State gets a win on the Plains last night. Oh, really? Auburn 5-2 last night. Well, that avenges that NCAA tournament basketball loss. It does. Yeah. Uh, LSU knocks off Monroe 15-4 last night. Arkansas beats Little Rock 16-8. 15-4. Fifteen to four. We were right there. Right there. Damn. Three more grand slams and had that bad boy. You know, you hit a grand slam, load them again, hit another one, and, and you load them again. Sixteen fifty. And all of a sudden, you got a little tension. In uh, Texas continues to really have a hard time with in-state teams out there in Austin. They lost to Texas State a couple midweeks ago. Texas Tech took two out of three against them over the weekend, and then A and M beat them twelve nine in Austin last night. Did you see the kid for Texas Tech steal home? Gets he, he steals home. And then the next day hits the walk-off home run. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Really? Dude had a weekend. He stole home just straight running during the guy standing there against a right-handed pitcher. Yeah, he was just locked in, staring at the ground, staring at his glove. Yeah, the pitcher had no idea. He, he cleared the mechanism. He was focused on he nothing, nothing but the mitt. Because I mean, it wasn't even close. I mean, it was no... Oh, no, no, no. And there had to have been... 
That had to be scouting because, I mean, you're not going to run into an out there. You're an idiot. Had to be 100 people minimum going home, home, home. Throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. And then I guess he froze because he looked like he kind of froze. And you don't have but about four seconds, and so it's done. It was kind of funny, frankly. It's always fun when Texas loses. Did you see the Washington Nationals cherry blossom jerseys? I like them. I know I kind of do. I like too. them. The cherry blossom little designs that are going on with is it them and the Wizards? Um, I don't know about the Wizards. I yeah, knew about, I, I knew about the Nats yesterday. I kind of liked them. Someone criticized the block lettering or whatever. I'm like, ah, whatever. I I thought they were kind of good. They are good. No, I was I was kind of all yeah, in. I, I'm, I mean, I I kind of liked them. And people are like, oh, it's too feminine or whatever. They were good. Cherry blossoms are part of if you that's go to, if you go to DC, that's your thing. I kind of like them. United States uh, again qualifies for the World Cup tonight as long as Costa Rica does not beat them by six goals, which would seem unlikely. It's got to, uh, it's more than six, right? Or is oh, is it, it even more than six? Uh, it might be six. I don't know. Carson was telling me about it, but I don't remember precisely. It feels feels okay. So Costa Rica's playing okay. The teams are fairly matched up. I'm reading from the Athletic, and they said that essentially it would be like in week 17 of the NFL season, two eight and eight teams playing a 56 to nothing game, which is not very not very likely. I mean, look, I don't have any idea whether he's right or not. He's the resident soccer expert in the house, but he he thinks the U.S. has a legit shot to get to the round of 16. Does he? That's what he says. Is he optimistic? Are we having a are we are we having an optimistic moment? Probably, yeah. Probably a little little you know, God forbid, a little patriotism, cheering for cheering, cheering for the country. I know that's not allowed anymore. We've 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 scolded him. Said Carson, you must hate your country. Uh, but but at this point, he's. Did you see the last goal again? And again, it was against Panama. But no, I did not. But Pulisic's goal, the last one to give him the hat trick, was. It was incredible. Was it? Yeah, his footwork's amazing. I saw the score because you can't help but see the score on social media, but that's kinda that's kinda it. Uh NFL changing the overtime rules. They are uh But are only for the postseason. That's fine. Do you give a damn with the regular season? Then just have ties. Yes, because I do not like I do not like a game being decided by a coin toss. I don't. I don't like it. So what's the difference? So an October 23rd game between the Packers and, and, and Rams gets decided by a coin toss, and that ends up determining who gets the first I mean, I agree by. with you, but I don't care that much. I'm, I'm not saying I didn't just have ties. Well, I, I actually, I kind of like ties on regular season. I do, I too. Problem with it. I do, too. I'm cool with it. So no overtime at all. In the regular season, I'm totally fine with it. Or just – how about both teams get a possession, and if you tie at the end of it, you just tie at the end okay. of it. Okay, cool. I'm good with that, too. But that both, way you get a chance. Both teams need to get the ball. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. That's what I don't like about the NFL overtime rule is that a coin toss can determine it. And obviously the coin toss still gives an advantage now, so I guess we should say that. Yeah, but um, you're guaranteed to get a shot. Yes. Both teams will get the ball, and then after that, the next team to score wins if they are tied after both teams get the ball. That is the new overtime rule. Okay. I'm good with that. I just don't – you know this. I have pet peeves about overtime. I hate the college overtime. It's 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 an abomination to the game. But it's better I've, than the NFL. I've long said that. It's horrible. 
But the NFL, hey, let's flip a coin, and if you get the ball and you go score, it's over. I don't like it. On the while they did a good thing to at least make it better. The bad thing is the NFL remains the uh, no fun league. They announced yesterday that um, of sixty one toning calls in twenty twenty two, fifty seven of the sixty one were called correctly. Oh, they are more than fine with fifty seven of six of the sixty one toning calls that were called in the NFL. This is something I don't care about. I don't care if you taunt. It's not my cup of tea. I don't particularly like it, but whatever. Young people seem to like taunting. And that's an extreme. I, well, we shouldn't like taunting. No. We shouldn't like taunting. No. That's, that, that, that's not good. Because well, what not, happens there is you end up with these damn bat flip situations. We're throwing the bat at the pitcher. It, which is a fight in my world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just is. I mean, if I'm the catcher... Well, yeah, the catcher has an obligation at that point. Go, no, 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 no. no, Seriously, if if I'm the catcher and you hit a home run off my pitcher and you throw your bat at him, I am tackling you (laughs) somewhere on the bases and we're having a fight. I'm getting thrown out, but I've got to protect my pitcher. I've got to say, you cannot do that. Now, you hit the home run and you kind of toss it and you look into your dugout and go, hey. Okay, all right. Okay, I'm cool with it. I still want to throw at you the next time, yeah. but I'm okay with that. But the, the whole – the taunting problem is that if you don't stop it, put a line somewhere, it does get to a place where, okay, are you going to man up or not? Because you'll see in intense college games, you know, they get they can get away with pretty much anything on their side of the field. Sure. But as that game goes, it starts getting a little closer and a little closer and a little more animated. And that, frankly, it's why Vanderbilt and Ole Miss damn near fight every time they play. Because you start looking into the, the other weekend, dugout. You start looking into the other dugout. Yeah, I'm cool with. Yeah, I mean, I can remember a game that did not matter because they were both hosts. But this was God. This is 12, 15 years ago in, in Hoover. In Hoover, I and, covered this game. Yes, and Vanderbilt Ole Miss hits a home run, and Matt Smith hat tips the Vandy dugout, and I yeah. went, "Oh hell, <laughs> here we go." <laughs> And we win. Yeah. I mean, because now you've because now now you've challenged their manhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now yeah. it's over. I mean, we have you have no choice but to respond. And that's when the umpire goes, "Oh shit!" Yeah, he did. He 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 had tipped the Vandy dugout, and then the first base coach started cussing him as yeah. he panned. And I went, "Oh god, here this is because he had to." Yeah, yeah. What choice did he have? Yeah. And we get done with the game. I was like, "Hey, what happened?" He goes, "I don't know. I said some things. He said some things." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and so the next guy has to get thrown at, and the umpire knows it. And, and, goes, oh. and all you can do is go, hey. And then if you go to Vanderbilt. Because you can't go too extreme. Because if you go to Vanderbilt yeah. that way, hey, there's a warning. Well, no, no, no. We get a chance to retaliate first. That's the the whole taunting thing. It's, I don't know. And I, I, I guess I'm old school. Act like you've been there. Yeah. Come back to this. I, I, I got another thoughts on it. First, right. say about Visit Oxford. Visit OxfordMS.com. Go to the events page. Find out everything going on locally this week and every week. And remember, if you have not done so, it's going to be crazy in Oxford here in a few weeks. Hotel reservations, dinner reservations, and the like. Double decker coming that weekend of April 23rd. So go ahead. Get ready for it now. Plan those things. Again, Visit Oxford.com. You can find the double decker page there as well. 
as uh, places to stay, places to eat. Go ahead and get set up for that weekend. Even next weekend has some hotel availability issues. Alabama in town for baseball next weekend. So, uh, again, visit OxfordMS.com. We're also brought to you by The Rogue. It's your destination for fine men's clothing. Their stylists hand select pieces from top designers from work to lifestyle to nightlife. Just the perfect something for everyone at The Rogue. All the best items from Peter Millar, Martin Dingman, Jack Victor, Halsey, True Grit, and more. 4450 I-55 North and Jackson of the Rogue.com. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves. One smile at a time, Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile, so call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth. Let them show you the way to a straighter, Healthier smile, 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. We're brought to you by Bell & Grove, based out of Chattanooga. Daryl Oliver and Evan Dial built Bell & Grove, a logistics provider with more than 35 years of transportation industry experience. Bell & Grove specializes in domestic freight movement throughout the continental U.S. They can navigate through supply chain issues while also leaning on their partner carriers to get the most competitive rate possible for their customers. They can help customers design a custom solution for their shipping needs. So whether your business is in need of moving a truckload, a partial shipment, or a flatbed, Bell & Grove can accommodate you. They also provide both air and ground expedited services for customers who need to move product quickly. Call Daryl Oliver at 865-672-6557 for more information. And we're brought to you by Southern Traditions Farm. It's a 68-acre, 32-stall upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. They've got everything from uh, beginner lessons with trainer Susan Walt to uh, advanced lessons with uh, one of the best young professionals in the sport, Bowers Cone. They have high aspirations for the future, along with owners Ben and Hillary Craddock. Southern Traditions has become one of the leading equestrian facilities in Mississippi. For questions or information about lessons, boarding, or sales, contact Bowers Cone at BowersCone, the number one, at gmail.com, or message them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Yeah, I mean, almost does the boom thing when they hit home runs. Um, that's that's sort of like the mid-level, like, fine, whatever. There are a few teams that are more low-key than that, that just tap the helmets and walk off and looks more professional. There's some that go a little crazier. I mean, Tennessee is trying to antagonize you when they hit home runs. That is their goal. Mm-hmm. It works sometimes. Yep. Dandy does that. Louisville does that. State can do that at times. Um, the boom thing, the problem with that is that it's just what they do no matter what. And when you're getting, like, other night, like, when they hit one, they were down, like, 10 nothing. So yeah. Boom. That's kind right. of boom. Yeah, okay. Like, you know. Him turning on the kid throwing 101 was kind of funny. But yeah. otherwise, it was. Yeah. Twitter... Reason one million seven hundred seventy eight thousand why it's not real life. We see all the pitching ninja stuff with Joyce, and it's really impressive. But we're not seeing him get barreled up or can't throw strikes. He's he's nowhere near ready. It, right. There's development. He just throws hard. Yeah, because like I mean, and it's Twitter has tricked people because the number of people over the weekend go, "Hey, he's their closer." It's like, no, he's not. He's like, yeah. he's down the bench. Like they pitch him in non important situations, unimportant situations, but. No, he's not. Yeah, he's a circus right now. He's a sideshow because he can light up a scoreboard. Yeah, and it's fun. Yeah, 103 sure. is cool. Yeah, I mean, everybody wants to see it. 
But Chase Burns is throwing a hundred, and that's real shit. Like that, that kid showing up in college. How'd that happen? I've heard some stuff. I don't know. I mean, had a big number. I mean, but dude, dude. As a freshman, he's the best pitcher I've seen in fifteen years at the college level. Slider's damn good. Changeup's good. Throws a hundred. Are there whispers around the league about Tennessee's bats? By the way, the actual bats. A little, but nothing of substance. I okay. don't know that I buy. It. They sound different. Okay. I'm not a bad expert. I have no idea. They do sound a little different. Okay. Because look, I I would love to see some exit speeds, and I'm sure I probably could go dig through their Twitter and find it. They had a couple balls off the end of the bat that you went, whoa. Yeah. And look, I'm not even necessarily accusing me of anything. I just it was kind of a spectacle. He kind of went, whoa. No, well, I'm bitch. Person I heard this from was not. Associated with Tennessee or Ole Miss. But another program in the league um, was watching the series closely and really? thought they saw some funny stuff. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, somebody pointed out that one of the interesting things about them is they seem to have tons of brand new bats, which might have an indication that a lot of them break. And why? Like Again, I'm straight speculating. I, I have no idea, but... I'm interested. Sometimes when it looks like they just pull the wrapper off the bat, you go, hmm, okay, that's interesting. I've got a busy weekend because it's just me and Carson, and he's got a soccer tournament. But if you told me that other than keeping up with the Ole Miss-Kentucky series that I could keep up with one series, it's Tennessee-Vanderbilt. I anticipate fireworks. You think there's a little bit of a – yeah. I think there's something there. Because I think that might even be the target for Patello last year. You know, Arkansas last year, because this is all, I think it's all kind of planned. Arkansas last year was number one team in the country for the majority of the season. They had that big, long winning streak. They were whatever. You know, probably some Tennessee people that didn't want Patello to be overly chummy with his former employer. Some different stuff there where that made sense. Sure. Well, you went to Omaha last year. You're trying to take that next step. It wouldn't shock me if Patello goes after Vanderbilt. Because we're you're the big dog program wise in the country. You're in my state. I'm trying to not only get into some in state kids over you, but frankly, I'm recruiting the damn Northeast, which yeah. is where Vanderbilt goes. Hey, because the truth is, Tennessee. I mean, Vanderbilt's more of a threat to his long term ability to turn that into a power than Arkansas is. Not even close. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You have to occasionally get some kids Vanderbilt wants. Yeah. So yeah, it wouldn't if he. I'm, and you're right. I mean, that blows up just right. And I'm in. Because Vanderbilt's not going to back down. No, no, no. And they're a little pissy after last week. And Where's that series? Is it in Nashville? I thought it was in Nashville. God, I, I hope so. I hope so. You want it in Nashville? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in. I'm telling you now. If you tell me I can only keep up with one, that's the one. Uh, your series this weekend. Because they can be really antagonistic, Vanderbilt. And I think they... I I think they think something. All right, your series this weekend, Florida at Georgia. Good series. That's a good series. Uh, Friday night, especially. That's Barco against Cannon. I'll go go Gators two out of three. Okay. South Carolina at Missouri. Carolina get a little healthy right here. Yeah, they could. You know what I'm going to... Two. Two. I'm going to tell you, I think Missouri gets two. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. 
Ole Miss and Kentucky. It's in Lexington. Ole Miss, Ole Miss gets two. Texas A&M and Alabama. The Aggies get a chance to get off the snide a little bit. Aggies get two. Tennessee at Vanderbilt. It is in Nashville. You think Vanderbilt's getting two of these bad boys. I kind of do, yeah. Yeah, I kind of do. And on Sunday, tempers flare. I hope so. When they're tired yeah. of one another after <laughs> yeah. a couple days. and Yeah. I could. All you need is the right flint. Like, you just need the spark. Let, Something's got to happen. And yeah. Well, it's just me and Carson Friday night, and, and, and he wants me to grill him a steak. And so I'm going to. I'm going to go to LB's, 2008 University Avenue in Oxford. I'm going to get a couple of steaks. And I'm sure. going to turn that game on my computer outside. Okay. I figure you're keeping up with Ole Miss Kentucky. Yeah. I'll keep up with it. But the game that I want to watch, just – just in case I get fireworks, is Vandy Tennessee. because if I get Friday fireworks, Sunday's a yeah, yeah, yeah. a Donnybrook. State is in Fayetteville this weekend. Um, Hogs get two, and Auburn at LSU. Auburn at LSU. That is correct. Ooh, LSU gets two. It's a shot for LSU to get three, but I'll say LSU gets two. Yeah, Auburn's okay. Yeah, they showed they showed a lot of fight in a against a and In one week. sentence, you just made my point from the first two weeks. Nobody's just horrible. Alabama's not horrible. Missouri's not horrible. They're they're not good, but they're not horrible. And nobody's great outside of Tennessee. Couple Vanderbilt, I think, could get great. There's a potential there. I think Arkansas can get good, and I still think Ole Miss can get good, but now they got to fix the pitching, which is a big it's thing. It's just so different. I mean, yeah, I, we just, we just yeah. haven't – Mike has done this like one and a half times in 22 years. Yeah. It's going to be a challenge. That 2011 team was not good on the mound, and then in 15, that team was nowhere near as talented as the Ole Miss team, but he wheeled them to 15 and 15 because, frankly, they were bad. Mike's he gonna, got them to 15 and 15. You know, like the ice molds? Yeah. He's got to throw those out. He's just got to go get a pick and take a big cube of ice and kind of hit start on hammering and, away. And just get whatever shapes you get and go, hey, look, creative. Abstract. Yeah. Thunderbolt. See? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just got to, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, 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 the, if he sticks to the molds, it's not going to work. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, we've only got a few minutes left. We'll talk about football a good bit tomorrow because um, there are a few topics on that, but I kept blabbering on about other things. What I was going to say about the toning thing was somebody said, in NFL we find it entertaining, but in baseball we kind of have a problem with it. The NFL, it, well, every sport's different, and how you measure toning is different. I don't think you can straight up get in somebody's face in the NFL. I think that is toning, and you should throw the penalty. And then there's also kind of – and it's not even a set number of time. You just know it when you see it. I feel like there's a time limit on talking to taunting in the NFL. You get like a brief second if you're not in somebody's grill, but then if it goes longer than that, it's like okay, now you're being a, like stop. Like I, it, there's a bit of a it's kind of like porn. You know it when you see it thing with the NFL and taunting, where it's pretty clear what's sort of okay and what's sort of not okay. Yeah. Whereas yeah, in baseball, just focus on yourself. As long as you focus on yourself, you're your probably team, okay. your side, yeah. Yeah. By the way, how come the home plate umpires in college baseball are so bad? <laughs> Is it just not enough practice and they're seeing pitching they don't see and it's hard? It's, it's that, I mean, they're obviously not good enough to keep elevating into higher levels. 
So it's just inconsistent. They have day jobs. I mean, they're yeah. just dudes. I yeah. mean, they're they're making good extra money, but they're just making extra money. I mean, it's they it's, do okay everywhere except behind the plate. It's hard. And it's hard. I know it is. Yeah, it's hard because you've got. I mean, you're the pitchers are not major league polished, but you're seeing some level stuff. And yeah, sure. And I mean, there's and they're also erratic enough to be all over the place. Yeah, I mean they. It's not, though. Here's the deal. I don't even mind that they're not in some traditional strike zone. It's that they keep changing the damn strike zone as the game goes on. Even if you're not good, you should be able to stick to your zone. The zone seems to go up it does. over the course of the game. Including with breaking balls that are at your freaking chin. That's what I'm saying. And so that, for hitters, it's why I kind of excuse some of the bad at-bats late in games where guys seem to be swinging at everything. Well, if you go up there with the mentality of, well, everything's a strike... It's, that makes hitting much more difficult. I mean, it does. If you go in, if you go to the plate with, okay, here's my zone. I'm looking for something in my zone, especially early in the at-bat, and you take a pitch that you think, hey, that's a ball, and it's called strike one. Well, now it's in your head. And then you chase something, and you're down 0-2, and now your whole at-bat's screwed unless the pitcher makes a mistake. And as you said yesterday, it is a great point. You keep telling these players, hey, no, 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 have a great eye, be disciplined. And then they get screwed on a call. And they go, well, what do you do? It was outside. Yeah, I didn't swing. Game after game last week, around the league, yeah. both dugouts yelling at the umpire. Yeah. Just completely losing their minds with calls. And kids frustrated. And you see kids just looking at – Looking. It's also one of the reasons why I don't like Ole Miss having such the reputation of going outside on 0-2. Because if you would not do that all the time, you would steal some calls because umpires suck, and if you hit the mitt, you'll get some strike calls. Oh, yeah, set up just a couple inches off and hit the target. But the problem is there's a reputation. They're going to do that, and we're not going to give you that yeah, call. Yeah, sure. Instead of just – well, frankly, what's been eye-opening to me, and I get that both teams aren't evenly matched, so you're seeing easier calls because it's less competition or less ability level. But in midweek games, you're just getting local umps. Like, they get Fred Cannon from Tupelo a lot, and you get Tony Walsh a good bit, and you get guys that are a little more local to you. On the weekends, it's an assigned crew from the league or multiple leagues or however that works. And I feel like almost the midweek has been better. And it almost makes me wonder if they're more familiar with your teams. Yeah, could be. Like, if it's, hey, no, I know this is kind of whatever. But I, I've actually sensed that games have run smoother on the weekend than – I mean, on the on the midweeks and the weekends yeah. for whatever for whatever reason. So, anyway, again, a lot of stuff at rebelgrove.com, Good bit of football stuff, some baseball stuff, including uh, some message board topics on those uh, those sports and uh, and more. Uh, anybody else in the portal basketball yesterday? Probably right. We already talked about that. Yeah, we already talked about that. Okay. Um, yeah. No. No new. No guys. new ones. Okay. Yeah. Up to five total for uh, for that. So. Back in the morning. Have a good day. Enjoy it. Uh, Be clear of the weather. Stay uh, vigilant to that. We'll talk to you again very soon.